When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, this is certainly going to be a fun episode. We are going to react to the all-star starters being released. As on ESPN at nine o'clock tonight, they dropped both the American League and National League starters uh, as voted on by the fans. And uh, certainly some mixed thoughts, I, I would say, uh, as the, the general reaction. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it with LJ. Yeah, I mean, we might as well get into this. I think there's certainly two significant snubs on this list so do we want to just dive head first into this american league outfield yeah sure i mean wouldn't it be better if we just kind of ran it catcher through i mean outfield? yeah whatever you want to do i mean i don't think there's necessarily as much to say every spot but go for it oh you know well just just for for uh just just that we run through every spot so that just in case someone didn't hear well, catcher, so, we have yeah, Salvador per- Perez. Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez. Um, 
coming in here for his sixth all-star game start of his career. He finished ahead of Martin Maldonado of the Houston Astros and Yasmani Grandal of the Chicago White Sox. For the National League, you have Buster Posey starting his fifth game. This is ahead of Yadier Molina of the St. Louis Cardinals and Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. Brandon, any initial thoughts here? Uh, I believe these are the two catchers that mean you picked when we uh, did our selection. So no, no, no big surprises there. Uh, great for Salvi and love to see Buster Posey on there, especially not playing in 2020. Without looking at JT Realmuto's stats, I mean, perhaps you can completely disprove this, but I mean, from a hitting standpoint over the last two years, Salvador Perez has been by far the best catcher in the league. I mean, yeah, yeah best catcher in the league um, offensively. And as far as defense, I mean, I think that takes a little longer to get into, but it, he 100% deserves this. Posey as well, this has been a heck of a bounce back year. As for other reactions here, Yadier Molina, can we just take some time to appreciate the fact that he's in the, this top three? This was a guy that, like, there was question of whether St. Louis was bringing him back this year, if he was going to retire, if St. Louis didn't bring him back, what's going on? And here he is having, yet again, another fantastic season behind the plate. So here's to a few more of those. Yeah, uh, if – if anyone was was gonna keep keep doing it, I think it's him. I just question how those how those knees are holding up, but maybe a universal DH would help someone like him. Indeed. Um, first base, of course, no surprise. We've got the American League winner here, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., coming in ahead of Yuli Gurriel and Jose Abreu. No surprise there. This is gonna. This guy's gonna end up probably second or first in the MVP voting for the American League. As for the NL, we get Freddie Freeman here making his third start ahead of the likes of Max Muncie and Anthony Rizzo. Brandon, we both had Max Muncie here, I believe, in the early voting. However, I mean, I love Freddie, so I can't complain with seeing him start this game. But what are your reactions to him getting the spot? Uh, Freddie Freeman is certainly having a fantastic season. I think that Max Muncy is also performing very well, but I mean, Freddie Freeman lately has just been absolutely crushing the ball, uh, has been getting pretty unlucky, honestly, lately, but, uh, you could say the same about Max Muncy and they're both incredible players in their own right. I think that this was one of the tougher spots for uh the fans to pick and i think it showed was that one of the closer ones i feel like that that was one of the ones that it was really close between freeman and max muncie uh i don't have the votes here however i can certainly understand where you're getting that from yeah because like i i feel like when they were showing those percentages this was one of the 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 closer races but Still, uh, I honestly don't have a problem with, with Freddie Freeman. Uh, nice to see him kind of get a little bit of recognition, especially because he does win MVP in the shortened season. Yeah, and again, it's not – again, and we're talking about a guy who has indeed been unlucky this season, and 
frankly, it will probably have a better back half than he did front half this season for a team that's going to at least, I think, make a charge back towards the playoff conversation, the division conversation, even if uh, the Mets lose a step as they very well might with the difficulty of their schedule going forward. So he is going to be very relevant in the back half, but I think there's a couple of things that really went out of Max Muncy's favor, which really sealed the deal for Freddie here. Name recognition. I get it. I'm all for it because you know, you want the stars. Like this isn't the best players who've played in the league this season game. This is the all-star game. So you want the stars from each of these teams, some of the best players from each group. And Freddie Freeman is a more interesting draw than Max Muncy. So naturally more people are going to vote for him. The other thing is when you drop it down to three with two weeks to go or one week to go, that makes a huge difference, especially with your core voting base, because you're now taking away all of the extra options, all of those play people from like Seattle that like vote for every single player on their team because they want to get as many guys in the, from their team on as possible. If they possibly can, most of the time, those things are a pipe dream, unless you're a very committed fan base, like the Kansas city Royals a couple of years ago, if you remember that. Um, yeah. Well, that, that was uh, not legit votes. It was all like some kind of computer scam. Oh, but yeah, yeah, but still there was, there was very dedicated though. Very dedicated fans. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and there there have been a couple other uh, organizations, too. I mean, dedicated vote fans. How about the fan base of Taco Fall? How about the fan base of Alex Caruso the other year when they both almost made the all-star starters for the NBA based on the fan voting? So, like, that that makes a difference in the main voting. But then when you take out all of those options that aren't real legitimate options – it makes things so much harder for a guy. It also makes it so much harder for a guy who's not performing at his 100% best going into this part of the season. We're going to talk about this at third base more than now. However, Freddie Freeman, I would say, based on eye test overall momentum feel over the past three weeks, has played better than Max Bunsen. I don't have any stats to prove that. However, me watching the amount of times I've heard his name over the past couple of weeks has felt more significant than Max Muncy. And I think that plays a role when you have so such a finite amount of options, it becomes who's in their best form right now is going to end up getting a slight edge. The other thing that does a disservice to Max Muncy is the fact that he's got 22 games at second base this year. I, I'm, I'm sure there is a voting base out there like we were with our picking our silver sluggers and our gold gloves and everything that stops and questions what position you really feel he's at. And like, if you don't really feel he's some people, if they don't feel he's a true X position, even if he's placed there, they might not vote for him. They might vote for somebody else. They feel is a more fitting spot or fitting role for that spot. So I think that playing multiple positions consistently can hurt a guy in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, and you are right as to which player is hotter right now. Uh, Freddie Freeman hit over 300 in the month of June. Uh, Max Muncy hit 205, but he also did have an 885 OPS. So 
certainly not a bad hitting month, uh, but you are right. Freddie Freeman is the hotter bat right now. Absolutely. Moving over to second base, we have the American League's Marcus Simeon making his first career All-Star Game start. This will be coming in ahead of Jose Altuve and DJ LeMahieu of the New York Yankees. In the NL, we have Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates with Ozzie Albies and Gavin Lux coming in behind him there. Brandon, what are your initial reactions for this? Uh. I think that a lot of people expected Marcus Simeon. Uh, certainly Altuve's having a good year, but it's been a pretty weak second base class overall in the American League. As for the the National League, they did an entire disservice to Jake Cronenworth. Not even having him in the final three is an absolute joke, but they put, uh, they put uh, what's his name, a Gavin Lux in there who is nowhere close to anywhere what Jake Cronenworth or really Adam Frazier or Ozzie Albies, that other guy, not really close to either of those guys in any real statistical category this year. And that's just a fan vote, potentially not even getting one of the best players in the league in. And they're, it's not even like a name brand guy in, in Gavin Lux. It's just because he's a Dodger. Uh, but yeah, I feel but, I feel really bad for for Jake Cronenworth because he's been potentially the best second baseman in the National League this year. I would have probably slid him in um, on my ballot if I had to vote right now. If I had a vote right now, I like if I if I had three votes, like if you're doing one, two, three for each position, I would rank him second out of those four that we've mentioned here. Um, right behind Albies, that's just my personal take as a looking at the entire season however i'm a little confused here brendan so are you insinuating that mlb didn't use the accurate vote counts from the first no, part no, of no. The thing, or is it just name recognition i'm sure i'm i'm sure that they did it just sucks because because gavin lux is a 664 ops hitter this year is not a good hitter really you know, in terms of out above average, he's not a good fielder. Just sucks to see his name on there over, you know, another guy who I feel has been a lot better. But that's that's part of the fan vote. So it it is what it is. But as for Adam right. Frazier, uh, you know, you could have argued Frazier, Albies, whoever, certainly Albies uh, now leads the league in RBIs. So uh, you would think that that's important also uh but yeah adam frazier can't say that he's not having a fantastic year so uh yeah good for him yeah um just one more thought on that whole thing um really i think this comes down to not trying to put anyone on blast that's listening but padres fans and the padres themselves for jake Cronenworth not making it it certainly was not his play on the field but why is he not being marketed to the caliber of him, of what he's doing? Because realistically there, you look, you think about that team. I can think of Tatis, of course, Machado, of course, uh, Darvish, of course, Snell, who hasn't even been good. Are, are there marketable, the, the guys that they market, the guys that they like really focus on? Meanwhile, you have other 
very good players on this team that they kind of just let be there and just let sit around. Again, I know you can't focus on every player, but Jake Cronenworth has been playing incredible lately, and you should be really – you as fans, as the team, you should be selling those extra guys because it just only makes your product look and appear stronger. The fact that Jake Cronenworth and uh, Eric Cosmer as a whole, I'm not actually sure what he's slashing right now, but his overall body of work should still give him a decent time, 354, 312, 354. Not a good year, but still overall body of work. He should be at least mentioned, I think, in a lot more conversations about the Padres than he is so that's an overall i think team marketing issue the other thing is in my opinion but using the same logic as we're using at first base in terms of who who has the momentum if things were being done right and jake cronenworth snuck in in the top three he could very very easily win this he could very easily get over albies get over Frazier because of how hot a bat he's been. Keep in mind, he was our player of the week last week. I think he was the MLB's player of the week last week for the NL as well. I could be wrong. So he has the momentum on his side. He could have made a real run into that, but we'll never know. All right, third base in the American League, we have the league's RBI leader Rafael Devers making his first all-star game start ahead of Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros and Yoan Mancata of the Chicago White Sox. For the National League, Nolan Arenado makes his fourth all-star game start, his first one away from the Colorado Rockies, and he'll be returning to Colorado to play in this game. The runners-up here ended up being Justin Turner and Chris Bryant, Brandon, I don't mean to toot my own horn, and if you think this was a lot closer than I think it was, then please say something. But I think the AL looked relatively secure going into this last round of voting. However, this National League group, the results are startling, and it's, again, a lot about the hot bats. Uh, you know, certainly – at the start of the season and when we could first vote on all-stars, Chris Bryant was like the, the sexy pick at third base. He's kind of quieted down lately. Honestly, I do think that uh, overall as a third baseman this year, Nolan Arenado has been the best third baseman in the national league. Uh, you know, certainly he hasn't been uh, doing it as much with the bat, but we always know how much that you get from him on the, the defensive side. So I don't have an issue with that selection. Uh, of course, Rafi Devers, he's probably been the best third baseman in the entire MLB this year. The one player's name I was surprised that, you know, wasn't a finalist at third base was kind of our guy, Jose, Jose Ramirez. Ramirez. I mean, He's been really good year after year here. And, you know, sitting here again with almost three war at the all-star break. So I'll pace for about a five, six war year once again and getting no recognition. They slide Alex Bregman in over him, who's not even a top 10 third baseman in terms of war this year. I mean, well, he spent a lot of, 
he spent a lot of time hurt too, hasn't he? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, look at Indian. I mean, we, don't, we don't mean to call you. Do we don't job, mean to call like, all of the voters dumb. However, as a whole, fans are dumb. <laughs> but that's I mean. Please continue to listen to this podcast. This is why the 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 fan vote is interesting, though, because we do get uh, situations like this, and not every single person who's voting is watching the games every single day like like we are. So these things happen, and that's what makes the fan vote cool and interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're gonna throw yourself over an all star game starter, like it's 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 really not a big deal. Because if you make the all-star game, it counts the exact same on your page as everyone else's. So yeah. Um, honestly, I think the big story out of this whole thing isn't Nolan Arenado winning. I think overall, I was talking about this with Papa Elge earlier. Regardless of what's happened this month, Chris Bryant is hitting 145 this month with, I believe at one point there was a 41 consecutive hits without getting an extra base in the put in there or 41 at bats without an extra base hit or something like that and it was just there was a really rough slide here in june however i think as a total body of work because of the total body of work i would have still given it to chris bryant coming out here however i totally can understand and respect the nolan arenado pick i don't have any issue with that what i'm shocked of is not to have chris bryant lose to lose the top spot but to have him be passed by two guys to have justin turner additionally jump him because chris bryant went into the last round of voting as the top third baseman and then to be passed by arenado and then by justin turner both of which guys as a season on the whole have worse numbers than bryant offensively so like I mean, they're all comparable. However, if you take out this last month, it wouldn't have been close. And I'm not saying you should take that out. However, I just think it's a little startling to see such a drop-off in that based mostly on recent performance. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You know, I feel like Cubs fans have a pretty big impact on the the voting. They got Addison Russell as a starter in the game when he was hitting 202 one year. Uh, they do a good job getting their own guys in. So that really does surprise me that he was passed by both guys. You know, maybe that additional fan support, because what you need 
optimally is you need a great local fan base support, but then also some good national support to get those extra votes. And, you know, I think Chris Bryant kind of lost that, that sort of national support with how cold that he has been. So yeah, uh, it'll be nice to see, to see a Nolan Arenado back in Coors Field uh, for the All-Star game. So that'll be awesome. And it's his fourth All-Star game start. And rounding out the infield, we have shortstop. The American League will go to Xander Bogarts of the Boston Red Sox. His second All-Star game start of his career coming ahead of Boba Shett of the Toronto Blue Jays, as well as Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. And again, another no-brainer here. Fernando Tatis takes the NL All-Star game start ahead of Javi Baez and Brandon Crawford here. Um, my quick reaction to this, very excited to have this group. You know, I wasn't, it was interesting looking at the uh, vote tallies going into this. I was already getting excited. So like the payoff isn't as big here because there was a pretty sizable lead for both guys coming into the second round of voting at third base and shortstop for Bogart's endeavors. But this is going to be very exciting and very fun to have the first left side of the infield pair in the all-star game since 2009. Uh, I believe it was 2008 Jeter and A-Rod. The 2009 last, Jeter and A-Rod. Last year in Yankee Stadium, in the old Yankee Stadium, <sighs> they were definitely together. Uh, yeah, these are the two obvious picks. Uh, you know, I would argue, and this is just me being a nitpicker, uh, we need to have the the uh, Carlos Correa conversation soon because he is very close to surpassing Xander Bogarts. Uh, very close. Uh, they're both playing excellent right now, but Correa has been on another level lately. Uh, we'll certainly talk about that at any point. Uh, but, yeah, nice to see both Red Sox, certainly for LJ there, uh, that will be nice for him, both on one side of the infield. And, uh, yeah, Tatis' first All-Star game should be a lot of fun. The Javi Baez love is just absolutely ridiculous. This guy doesn't even have an on-base percentage over 280. But, yeah, Trey Turner, if, 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 if there was a name that, that is, is left out there, Trey Turner certainly. and. Uh, yeah, Trevor Story not getting any love from his hometown fans either. Well, no, yeah, you're right. Because the season hadn't started by the time they moved the All-Star game, right? Or it was, like, right at the beginning. So, like, yeah, it, it got moved, it was, like, two or three days into the season. So. It, was well, it was well before it could significantly affect, like, voting plans and marketing plans for the voting. So, like, they weren't – they certainly weren't – out of time to prep but on Baez you know Trey Turner of course yeah I, I would rather see Trey Turner in that top three than I would Javi Baez however I'm certainly not going to disparage the guy because he his on-base numbers are not good but I think overall he balances himself out well to be a very very solid high-level shortstop however regardless of that Brandon Crawford being below Javi Baez 
regardless of market, regardless of how much his power and how much his defensive potential capability is impacting his offsetting. I mean, offsetting his on-base percentage, no matter how much of that is happening. How does Brandon Crawford, who's been brilliant this year and a better defender, how how does he wind up below with San Francisco, who really is a slightly less of a market than Chicago, maybe even the same size, depending on who you talk to. It's a really big baseball market. And you have the New York, the New York loyalists too. I mean, there's so many guys around us that are uh, Giants fans still because it's run ran in their family since before they moved. I mean, yeah, this is a national um, fan base. So it's really surprising to see him come up short. Like, I mean, not come up short, but like to be this short. I mean, if I had to pick, it probably is him who will be the backup for the All-Star game. But like overall, I don't think there's any other, uh, I don't think he should have ended up lower than second. Yeah. Next up, we're gonna yeah this 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 outfield. We're we're gonna skip to the National League first and leave the um, part Brandon said. Don't throw hissy fits about All Star Game starter selections. However, I'm gonna throw a hissy fit about an All Star Game starter selection in a minute. But first, the National League, which was pretty expected. We have Ronald Acuna, Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker. Of course, that's two Reds making their first all-star game starts of their careers in Castellanos and Winker out of this group. The runners-up include Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson, Mike, Mikey Yaz, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto are the rounding out the runners-up. Um, overall, you know, starters I'm fine with, so I guess I can just nitpick the guys that were runners-up in terms of order-wise. And there's an obvious, obvious market issue here. I mean, Juan Soto, I can understand being down towards the bottom. Bryce Harper's too low. Yastrzemski's too high, way too high. Peterson, Jock Peterson, where do you stand on Jock Peterson? Uh, no, should, should, should not be on that list. Uh, I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't think, I don't think or Peterson should be on that list at all. It should be a guy like Brian Reynolds, uh, maybe Tommy Pham in there. Tommy Pham has been pretty good. Uh, you know, I think that Juan Soto has been been better than than Bryce Harper this year. Uh, overall, Soto has really worked on his defense, uh, and the bat is starting to come around. Uh, his expected stature has still been at the top of the league, uh, so. It'll be nice to see Soto should get into the actual all-star game, which I'm happy because he's been a little bit under the radar this year, but he's still crushing the ball, just getting a bit unlucky. But yeah, uh, LJ, you're absolutely right. Certainly a bit of a market issue there. Uh, But, you know, I like to see Mikey Gaz get a little bit of recognition because he was so good in 2020. And, uh, yeah, the three that actually do end up getting the start, me and you both picked that, those exact three on our ballots. So, no problem for me. 
awesome for Nick Castellanos, his first all-star game. So, you know, I do have a, a little more of a problem though with Bryce Harper. Granted, I, I agree with you. Juan Soto as a whole has been better. However, if you like, if you break down like the very obvious, close, very close. Yeah. And if you break down the obvious like roots of how people vote, a lot of it is about name recognition and momentum. And I don't think Juan Soto has ever really caught that momentum after ESPN decided not to care about him once he started April off, not, not being an all-star starter. Like as soon as, as soon as he wasn't playing on the same level as Acuna through April, they just stopped caring about whether he existed, whether he played baseball or not. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Um, But Philly, what are you doing here? Like, all right, would you, would you consider the Philadelphia Phillies? I, I always think of Philly as like the third biggest market on the in the Northeast. Like there's three big markets, four big markets on the East Coast, Atlanta, New York, Boston, Philadelphia. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Philadelphia certainly being the smallest of them. New York in there, of course. What? Of course, New York, Atlanta, yeah. Boston, Philly, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so Philly is, I would say, on par with San Francisco, Chicago area, or at least close enough. And this is a very well-known name, very marketable guy who had a ton of success early, was really hitting the ball well in April, struggled on some injuries in May. So, of course, the momentum was kind of killed there. But how are you not supporting the one guy that you have that has a legitimate shot of getting into this? How do you let him end up second to last among the runners up get passed by guys that aren't not nearly on the same level as him yeah you know it's it's you know i think it's hard to also just like pin it on the city because yes while like having people from who support your team vote help you need to have like a national vote behind you too, or you're not going to get anywhere with it. It's just how it works. It's just how it is. Well, you as I do, not, I do not care about being fair, so I will blame the city. It's on you, Philadelphia. Uh, um, let's get into the worst part of my day, the thing that made me genuinely angry. The American League outfielders, will be i mean at least they got one spot correct yeah Uh, one spot's all you need right we got mike trout of the los angeles angels aaron judge of the new york yankees tioscar hernandez of the toronto blue jays outfield runners up include in this order byron buxton michael brantley cedric randall gritchick adolis garcia and alex verdugo um, there's a lot to break down here of how dirty the fans have done two outfielders here in Cedric Mullins and Adolis Garcia. To start, uh, you, you know, Mike Trout's barely played. Teoscar Hernandez has barely played. Teoscar Hernandez has played like 60 games, but just has not been the best outfielder in the American League by any metric anything i mean he's good that guy's a damn good hitter i'll tell you that but all-star all-star starter status i mean 
okay, I, I guess. There's just a lot of names there. You know, certainly Adelise Garcia has slowed down a lot. He's kind of like Chris Bryant, where he's had a bit of a cold stretch. Cedric Mullins was done so dirty here. I mean, this guy, the fact that he's not an all-star is crazy. When he has more war than every outfielder this year who's not named Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, this guy is going off. And the fact that he doesn't get a nod here is crazy to me. Uh, Joey Gallo. He's playing great at a... You know, you also could have gave it to to a, to a Joey Gallo, too. I, the fact that his name's not on that list, but Adelise Garcia is, is surprising to me because, uh, honestly, Joey Gallo's been a bit of a – he's probably been the better hitter out of the two, uh, quietly. And, yeah, I don't know, LJ. I just, I just can't really justify Teoscar Hernandez in there and not, like, putting Cedric Mullins. As for Trout, I mean, yeah, of course the fans are going to vote him in there. If I had to guess what they're going to do, because Trout's not going to play until after the All-Star break, they'll put Cedric Mullins in center, and they'll just start judging Hernandez at the corners. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that Mike Trout and Byron Buxton have no business being in the final selection group. These are two guys that have played – very even amounts no but it does because it's a level of respect to a guy like Cedric Mullins that is being taken away from him Michael Brantley too has been a guy who's very quietly gone about basically his entire career like he was allowed to walk from Cleveland and just happened to waltz into Houston and play great there and just no one has cared about him because he's never been like the best guy on his team but that does not mean he's not an all-star I mean there's a myriad of guys I think that really have been done a disservice from the fact that these guys were eligible. Should there, should there be an, should there be a games restriction on eligibility? No, I don't think it should matter if you have a fan vote. It really shouldn't. I mean, this is what the fans voted. Uh, You certainly can't take away the fan vote and look clearly the fans thought that Teoscar Hernandez was the third best outfielder in the American League this this year. As for Mike Trout, they see his name. They see what he's done stats-wise this year. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people would be inclined to vote for him. Uh, Alex Verdugo on that list is interesting. Uh, I think that's a bit of market bias there. Not that he's not having a good year. I just think that there's some outfielders that are having better years. What I will say, though, is that I think Alex Verdugo would have been better suited for the starter spot than Teoscar Hernandez. I think that Alex Mm -hmm. Verdugo has been better than Teoscar Hernandez this year. Uh, That being said, I think there's a lot of more guys that I would rather have in there than those two. Uh, But, you know, this is what the fan vote brings us, and – Good for Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, certainly a guy that's pretty underrated, and he's going to get to showcase himself. Uh, you know, and that's that, that's awesome for, for him. I'm sure that he is absolutely loving life right now. So, yeah. Mike Trout deserves – we can now officially say that Mike Trout deserves fewer awards and accolades than he received in his career. Yeah. Uh, 
he did not deserve this at all. This stain yeah. on his legacy? No. I mean, am I going too far in the hot takes now? Way too far. No. We're not going to remember this in about two days. Yeah, but like, it's like if you take like, it if you take a, if it you take a pen, matter. not like one of those like um, inkwell pens where like you press it and then like it'll all like ooze out, like one of those like gel pens that like only makes like where you put it, and you take a shirt and you just put a dot, you just poke it once and then let it go. No one's gonna really see that mark if they're just looking at you. However, all of a sudden you start like really inspecting the shirt and you look up and down the guy and you're like really looking at like it's like becomes like you you say some historical address you're the president you've got an ink stain that's like teeny tiny on your lapel and all of a sudden they hang it in a museum then people are going to notice that type of thing so that's kind of the stain i'm giving i'm giving him the teeny tiny stain but still needs less accolades now and in one month people will literally have no idea that, that 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 this even happened it's not a big Pepper, whatsoever. Pepperidge Farms remembers. No, no one remembers. The only time, the only weird all-star starter that I remember is Addison Russell. And that's because he was hitting. Addison Russell started. Yeah, he was hitting two hundred. The Cubs fans voted him in. He was a starter at shortstop. What year was that? Twenty sixteen, I think, the year they made the World Series. Uh, the one last guy that well, we've got to mention Shohei Otani gets the DH spot for the American League over J.D. Martinez and Jordan Alvarez. Uh, LJ's probably a little bit salty here, but it's the right no, pick. No, I'm not. It's the right pick. And um, J.D.'s going to get in anyway, so yeah. it's not like it matters. I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned with that. I, to be honest, I'm just the, – the thing I'm salty about is the fact that this was basically just a uh, – middle finger to, to me by Shohei as I kept saying he's not going to make the all-star game because he wasn't a good enough pitcher and he wasn't a good enough hitter but together he was but that's not how the all-star games work he just decided okay I'm just going to become a good enough pitcher and hitter to make it in by the time the end of June comes and lo and behold I wouldn't have been I would have been totally fine with him getting in as the DH starter and I would have totally understood them putting him in as a pitcher so I'm for. Oh, here's the percentages. Yeah, uh, I was just I was just looking through them. The only real interesting one, Teoscar Hernandez gets it by like less than one percent over Byron Buxton, who is back now playing or was, but then he broke his hand. So, <laughs> it, yeah. in typical Byron Buxton fashion, Rafi Devers though thirty nine percent lead. Yeah. Uh, he, he is one of two. Otani had a huge lead also. He's one of four. All right. Five players. He's one of five players with over 50% of the vote. Well, shall we move on to games? Uh, actually, real quick, one last thing. And that is that the reserves will be out at 5.30 on Sunday, that is when the release show is. So Sunday night's episode, so what you'll be hearing Monday morning 
Uh, that will be our reaction to the rest of the All-Star Game rosters. Uh, so, yeah, we have that to look forward to. But uh, And in the meantime... Um... When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Honestly, if we, I'm just kind of bringing this out of nowhere, feel free to shoot me down. We might as well go through who we want to pick, put in here in the next couple of days. As we will both have a little time on our hands, we'll both be taking a little time off this weekend. So I think that would be certainly the an interesting topic. But yeah, you're right. Why don't we dive on into these games as we've certainly spent a nice chunk here breaking down this all-star game and the guys that are going to see significant time in it. First up, we have the Rangers and the Athletics. This one starts with an RBI from Joey Gallo, a man who did indeed have a big day here. The Rangers continue to pour it on through most of this game, getting homers from Nate Lau, Joey Gallo, John Hicks, Nate Lau one more time as they continue to pour it on before eighth inning window dressing makes this an eight to three win for the Texas Rangers. Give the win to John King, three innings out of the bullpen for Dane Dunning. The loss goes to Sean Benaya. He went five innings of four earned with six strikeouts. But the story here, we did somebody dirty, Brandon. Joey Gallo, home runs in his last five games. In case you did not know, that was most certainly a bingo bango Yahtzee that was never acknowledged. It has gone from bingo, bingo, Yahtzee to drug test territory without us even being able to mention it. So our sincerest apologies to Joey Gallo. Props to you, man. You're on quite the hot streak. Keep on riding it. Yeah, absolutely. Love Joey Gallo. Well, the Dodgers... And the national, did you have something else to say, LJ? No. Oh, okay. Just wanted to acknowledge the forgotten bingo, bingo, Yahtzee. Yeah, no, five in a row. It's really impressive. 
Dodgers and Nationals, Juan Soto and Albert Pujols exchanged RBI singles and were tied at one. But then in the bottom of the fourth, Starling Castro comes through with an RBI single of his own, and the Nats take a 2-1 lead. Top five, the Dodgers get a home run from A.J. Pollock and then a Max Muncy grand slam. The Nats hit in the bottom of the fifth. Then the umps call this one after an hour and 17-minute rain delay. They call it. This game ends in five innings. The Dodgers win 6-2. to two. Uh, The Dodgers did a bit of a bullpen game here. They used four pitchers in the win. The bulk guy, Tony Gonsolin, gets the win. Three innings, two hits, one earned, four strikeouts. Patrick Corbin takes the loss. Uh, was one out away from a complete game. Four and two-thirds, eight hits, five earned, and two strikeouts. He's now five and seven. All righty, let's get into a fun one here. The Red Sox and the Royals as Nathan Eovaldi uh, toes the rubber for Boston against Kyle Bubich. Kike Hernandez starts this game off right with what else but a piss missile to left field oh, right on top of the monster. We will hold at one nothing until the fourth where a J.D. Martinez piss missile and a Danny Santana, Danny the Manny with a piss missile, number three on the year, his first piss missile since the Philadelphia series, and it makes this a 5 nothing ball game. They then continued on this tear in the fifth and sixth, putting up a four spot and then a five spot in the sixth off of a Rafi Devers piss missile, his 20th of the year as this one goes out to right field, driving in five runs in this game, gets him the league lead on those. And this just continues to be a route through the late innings as they go ahead and start putting in the subs in the sixth and seventh. Chavis manages to score. Marwin manages to drive in runs. And the Red Sox take a dominant 15-1 to beating to the Kansas City Royals. Give the win to Nathan Eovaldi. He went seven innings, five hits, no earned, and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Bubich, who went four innings long, five earned, with three strikeouts here. Um, a couple things. This is the best since April that we've seen this team, possibly the best form that this team has been in all season. Particularly this series, again, I know not a great team, but like they've played decent competition going into this. You want to know what this team, this series has done for some guys? Marwin Gonzalez has had a roughly 20-point increase since Sunday or no, I'm sorry, 10-point increase since Sunday, 20 points since the Yankees series. Uh, Danny Santana is currently raised himself to a 179 after a 3-for-5 day with five RBIs against the Royals. And really the more important thing to me, I never want to hear about that game against Toronto again because it's it's more than even now. Yeah, you know, it's nice it. when you get to run into a team that's lost six in a row. Uh, and now they've lost nine in a row. So certainly good good luck by the Red Sox to run into that when you guys were on a winning streak, they were on a losing streak, and 
both teams continued in those directions. Uh, Red Sox for the better, Royals for the worse. Well, I mean, you just look at it. It coming into this type of team now, yeah, it's it's the best for everybody because this the issue with this team winning games earlier on in like May particularly was it felt like the entire bullpen was like in sync. Like, you know, this is going to be, probably shouldn't be a reference I'm making, but like, you know, the whole myth about like women in a household syncing up. That's basically what the pitching staff did in May. So they were either all good together through April and they could run through anybody or they would be absolutely atrocious one through five and you just had to hold on for dear life for a week or so until they straightened out this team is not momentum wise from starters all on the same page right now you've got guys that are struggling a little bit haven't had their best couple starts here or there you have some guys who are having their best starts of the year um eddie rodriguez has pitched very well over the past week or so Evaldi's pitched very well over the past week um nick pavetta doing not not nearly as good as he has for the rest of his Red Sox career. This has been a bit of a cold spell. But the ideal part of that is you can get momentum for those guys and you can keep the same momentum and keep the same work that Evaldi has been doing over these last couple starts without any harm. It's nice. Absolutely. Uh, and he's been one of the better pitchers in the league this year. And it's nice to see you guys get a little bit of run support to help them out. Uh, oh, so. I forgot to mention, this is the majors leading 51st win. They're the first team in the majors to 51 wins. All right. Uh, Brewers and Pirates. Milwaukee starts it in the top of the second with a Jace Peterson RBI triple and then a Jackie Bradley Jr. RBI double, it's 2-0 Brewers. Ben Gamble homers in the fifth, uh, and then the Pirates will get on the board to trail by one. But Milwaukee then scores four unanswered. They get a Keston here, a single, a Daniel Robertson sack fly in the top of the sixth to make it 4-1, to one. then an Omar Narvaez double and Tyrone Taylor single the Brewers go on to win seven to two the win to Corbin Burns seven and one third four hits one earned five K's did exit the game in the eighth inning with the athletic trainers uh walked off the mound with them so we'll certainly have to monitor that situation but he gets the win he's now four and four the loss goes to Will Crow, four and two thirds, two earned, and six strikeouts for him. Next up, we got the Mariners and the Blue Jays. The Mariners here are able to put five runs on the board in the first three innings. This includes RBIs from Kyle Seeger, Ty France a Jake Fraley home run, and then shed a shed hit at Long Jr., 13th of the year for Long, makes this, of course, gets them out to those five runs. But the main story here was an absolute gem by Yusei Kikuchi here, probably his best start of the season. 
Marcus Simeon did take him deep for his 20th home run of the season in the bottom of the first. But after that, he goes clean through the rest of his start of seven innings, getting the win, of course, seven innings, one earned on five hits and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Hinjin Ryu, four innings, five runs, four earned with two strikeouts for him. The save will go to Paul Seawald. The red. That's, that's now two straight for Toronto. The Reds and the Padres uh, squared off once again, and Cincinnati gets started in the bottom of the second. Pitchers who, well, ground out, and Luis Castillo grounds out, and that scores a run. So Pitchers, so- pitchers who positively impact their offense. We love any sort of positive impact we can get. Castillo with the ground out, then Jonathan India with a double. And the Reds take a 2-0 lead in the bottom of the second. Jerkson Profar hits a double of his own in the top of the fifth to put the Padres on the board. Uh, and they would trail 2-1. to one. Aristides Aquino hits a double in the bottom of the fifth. That scores another run for the Reds, and they're up 3-1. to one. Top seven, Tommy Pham rips an RBI single that scores two and ties the game at three before in the eighth when Eric Cosmer would reach on a throwing error, allows a run to score, and the Padres take a four to three lead. With a with that lead, the Padres bring on Mark Melanson for the ninth. He allows a game-tying home run to Kyle Farmer, and then the Walk-off single to Tyler Stevenson. The Reds score two in the ninth to walk it off and win five to four against the Padres. Art Warren gets the win out of the Cincinnati bullpen. Luis Castillo, six and a third, three earned, six Ks. The loss goes to Mark Melanson, his fourth blown save of the season. And, yeah, the Big Red Contraption takes another one. The hunt for Reds October continues. Next up, we got the Twins and the White Sox here in Chicago. And Chicago starts off on a 3-0 run through the first three innings, including a Brian Goodwin home run, his third of the year, and RBIs from Yasmani Grandal and Gavin Sheets. From there, Minnesota does not get a run on the board until the top of the fifth, where they they rattle off four runs in that fifth, started by a Gilberto Celestino RBI single. Um, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, and Andrelton Simmons also drive in runs here, but this would not stop the Chicago onslaught for long as they continue to pour it on through the late innings scoring in the fifth, sixth, and seventh for five more runs as they win this one, eight to five. Give the win to Michael Kopech, pitching the sixth inning after Carlos Rodon went five innings, allowing four earned with nine strikeouts. The loss will go to Alcala out of the Minnesota bullpen. Jose Barrios went five innings, allowing 10 hits, four runs, only three earned with no strikeouts in this game. Brandon, am I correct in saying this is back-to-back rocky outings for Rodon? Yeah, uh, 
you know, I I don't want to speculate as to whether or not he was involved with some kind of sticky stuff, but just weird to see him certainly, uh, you know, uh, not pitching as good as we were used to seeing him this year. I mean, three starts in a row now where he has only made it five innings and allowed three earned runs or more. Uh, still has a good ERA on the season, but yeah, a bit rocky. I mean, for for June as a whole, he had a 2.25 ERA, while in May he had a 3.03. Certainly, that's not touching his 0.72 in April, but it is not terrible. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see uh, if he can keep it up, but still has an outside shot at AL Cy Young. Like, realistically. That's probably the mo- Is it fair to say outside of the rookie? Yeah, I would say outside of the rookie of the year for the American League, that is the most wide open. Rookie of the League and manager, they're the most wide open races currently. Yeah, I mean, if you're assuming that, that uh, Trevor Rogers wins the NL rookie of the year, then I would say so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, the AL Cy Young is tough because it's like, do you, do you even still have, have Garrett Cole penciled in there? Like who, spider tech? Like he's been far from spectacular. Yeah. But you know, like, is it him? Is it, uh, you know, I don't even know where else you'd go. Is, is it glass or obviously not, not glass. Now he was up there for it. Uh, Bieber enter the mix, Sean Manaya potentially. I mean, there's some of those guys are going to be in serious consideration for it. I mean, one of these guys is going to finish second or third, and we're going to be like, he finished second in the Cy Young. I mean, it's just a really weak com- compared to the rest of the league. The National League has the best pitchers by far this year. With that being said. I could very easily see a guy like Shane Bieber coming in in the second half of the season and going on an absolute tear and winning that decidedly. Once he comes uh, back from, from injury, certainly he could yeah. do something like that. Yeah. Like he is, he is the most apt to put up really nice numbers over a stretch of two and a half months. So I would have to say he is one of my favorites right now. If you had, if you were looking not, if you weren't trying to give it out right now, he'd probably be one of my favorites, if not my favorite. But at the end of the day, who cares if Carlos Rodon is a Cy Young candidate? Because, like, as a whole, this is really good value, what you're getting out of Carlos Rodon this year. Because I'm not going to go and say that this was spider tech or substance-related because outside of, I mean, May and June kind of did have that, pa- that same pattern. They're, I mean, granted, these are back-to-back ones now, but it seems like it's a part of his game to have one or two, really two junky starts in a, in a, uh, what do you call it? Um, what are these called? Months. Two, <laughs> two uh, junky starts in a month. I mean, you've got May, you've got uh, May 15th. He's got four earned over five and two-thirds. Uh, May 31st, five earned over six innings. 
And here we're talking, first off, we're keep in mind, we're complaining about a five inning, three earned game as the other bad start, but four innings, five or five innings, four earned today. He's always going for, he's always going five innings. And with the exception of two starts a month so far, really, we're getting all good stuff out of him. So this is a huge plus for this Chicago team, no matter what he ends up doing, like no matter what he ends up winning or voting happens, this version of Carlos Rodon that they're getting is a huge plus and it is way more value than they ever should have expected from him. Well, on to the Braves and Mets, and I cannot be happier that this game was played tonight in Atlanta as the Yankees have to take on the Mets tomorrow and had this game had been canceled, they would have had the pleasure of Jacob deGrom. But <laughs> this game does go off. He pitches tonight, so the Yankees will avoid him for the weekend. And he gets a bit of run support in the top of the first with Michael Conforto uh, coming through with an RBI single. Then a very uncharacteristic first inning by Jacob deGrom allows an RBI single to Ozzy Albies to tie it at one. Then Austin Riley goes deep uh, to right field, of his 14th homer of the year. And the Braves take a three-to-one lead. The Mets are unable to score off a of starter, Ian Anderson, until the seventh inning when Dom Smith homers. Smith then steps up again in the ninth and hits another homer to tie the game at three. But in the bottom of the ninth, with the bases loaded and Seth Lugo pitching, Freddie Freeman hits the ball off of Lugo's foot. It caroms to uh, the third baseman. I believe it was Austin Riley. He throws it to first. Freeman beats it out. The bases are loaded, so the winning run scores. It would have been three outs had, had Freeman gotten thrown out at first. Would have went to extra innings. Instead, it's a walk-off single. The Braves win four to three. You can give the win to Will Smith. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a who uh, pitched the ninth inning for the Braves, gets the blown save, but also the win and is now uh, two and five on the year. The loss, or excuse me, Ian Anderson, let's talk about him first. Seven innings, three hits, two earned, two strikeouts. The season ERA down to 3.35. We love to see it from our guy representing upstate New York. The loss to Seth Lugo, who uh, allows the walk-off in the ninth. Jacob DeGrom, you know, LJ, for having a bad first inning, I would say that he had a pretty good bounce back as allows no more runs after that first inning. Five hits, three earned runs total, seven innings, and, uh, yeah, just a casual 14 strikeouts. So... Yeah, not not terrible. The season ERA is still under 1.00, so not too much to fret about here if you're Jacob DeGrom. And he's still hitting 387, so 
Yeah. Yeah. If they, if this is a bad start, if anyone thinks this is a bad start, they have way too high of expectations for baseball players. 14 strikeouts. I mean, that's just insane. Ian Anderson pitches the same amount of innings, gets the same amount of outs, and he has two strikeouts. Just crazy the 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 level that Jacob DeGrom is at. He buckles down and fights. I mean, again, no no one no one has really gotten on him early. No one has he allowed three earned in a game yet before this? I, don't, I think this was the first time he's allowed three earned in a game, and certainly the the most runs he's allowed in the first inning. This was also the first time that he allowed a run or an earned run on the road this season. Yeah, uh, which is just nasty because we know how hard it is to pitch on the road just in general. And uh, yeah, so you've got a guy. Yeah, I'm not sweating it. You know, this ERA is probably going to go back down for at least a little bit. (laughs) I mean, you would. It's so hard for it to go down, though. Now, like he has to pitch like 10 innings just for it to go down like 10 points. Like if, if he wants to get to like try to get it down to 0.8 now, he's got to pitch like 10 scoreless innings. So it's you just don't think he can do it. No. Oh, no. I'm look, I'm not counting anything out that this guy can't do. I'm just saying that uh, he's been so good that it's just hard for that that to keep going down he's almost at the the absolute limit it, it seems it's yeah i mean it it is quite remarkable um but to move away from jacob degrom real quick ian anderson 335 kind of fits into that nathan eovaldi boat where at times this year his pitching has not nearly felt like it matches his stats. Like if, if you, if you had me watch without having like, without knowing scores, if you had just had me watch him pitch and I didn't get to see anything that happened after contact, I would have probably, I would probably feel very, a very comfortable, which any Atlanta fan should feel having him on the mound. But I also would, feel like he is at least a sub three in the same, in the same vein that I always, I genuinely would have thought that Evaldi was for the better part of May low threes. But I mean, I just, sometimes I just get amazed by where some of these numbers come from. So again, I test matters is the lesson here. Yeah. Both Evaldi and Anderson are pitchers who, uh, I think have overperformed in terms of ERA this year. I think that both their, of their ERA should be higher than what it is really? currently. Yeah. Uh, they both, you know, especially Anderson is allowing much harder contact this year than he, than he did in 2020. Not that he's, he's pitching bad and it's certainly not a knock against uh, Eovaldi, but, uh, I, I would say that they have both gotten pretty good help from their 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 defenses behind them. Which, look, I mean that's not a fault of the team. It's not their fault that their 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 defense is making plays. But I would just say that certainly the three three five for Anderson is a bit low. But 
still a very good pitcher and he, he and he's only 23 years old so if this is what he's he's uh, able to produce in his age 23 season i think the sky is the absolute limit for for him all right let's move into astros indians here the Indians do manage to get two runs in in the early innings, including on a wild pitch and a Harold Ramirez double. But then the cavalry charges from Houston. Harold Ramirez, I'm sorry, not Harold. Jordan Alvarez goes yard. Jose Altuve hits a grand slam. Michael Brantley hits his fifth home run of the year to help in their seven-run game here as they win this one seven to two give the win to Framber Valdez. He goes seven innings, allowing two earned and six strikeouts. The loss will go to uh, Mejia for Cleveland. He goes four innings, allowing six earned and three strikeouts. Take her home, Brandon. All right, we'll do Cardinals-Rockies first. This is Nolan Arenado's official return to Coors Field. And it gets started off with the Cardinals taking the lead in the top of the second. Paul DeYoung with an RBI single, and it's one nothing. Brendan Rodgers steps up for the Rockies in the bottom half of the inning. Two-run bomb. Colorado, they just like that, is up 2-1. to one. Top three, Paul Goldschmidt, a Rocky killer himself when he was with Arizona, continues to kill the Rockies. He hits his 12th homer of the year. We are tied again at two. The score would remain this from the top of the third all the way until the bottom of the ninth where the Cardinals call on reliever Giovanni Gallegos after Adam Wainwright pitched eight very strong innings. And Gallegos, not good. He allows – actually, excuse me here. So – there's two outs. It's tied at two. Only one out to go until extra innings here if you're Giovanni Gallegos. Walks Brendan Rodgers. Walks Ryan McMahon. We get a mound visit. Next batter, Elias Diaz. Three-run walk-off home run. Colorado wins it. Scores three runs in the ninth inning, and they win 5-2 to two over St. Louis. Daniel Bard gets the win for pitching a clean top of the ninth. That was behind an Antonio Sensatella start. Seven innings, two earned, and five Ks. The loss to Giovanni Gallegos, who pitches two-thirds of an inning and allows three earned runs. Adam Wainwright, eight innings, two earned, and four strikeouts. Gets the no decision. All right, last game, the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Don't worry, Arizona is playing a home game today, but that doesn't stop Mikey Yaz from going deep in the top of the first. His 11th homer of the year, San Francisco goes up 1-0. Bottom two, Josh Van Meter doubles to score a run, and then Merrill Kelly, pitchers who rake RBI single to take the lead. Up until this point, Merrill Kelly was one for 79 in his career hitting and comes through with an RBI single to take the lead. LJ, we, we absolutely love that. Yes, sir. One for 79. That, I mean, I appreciate the effort to 
you know, even try to hit the ball at that point. I feel like I would just stand there with the bat on my shoulder if it got that bad. No? Never give up. Never give in. Well, unfortunately, Merrill Kelly then allows a two-run home run to Wilmer Flores, and that gives San Francisco the lead. But Josh Reddick homers in the bottom of the fourth, his first homer of the season. Arizona takes a four to three lead. Haven Smith homers in the fifth to extend it to a five three Diamondbacks lead, and they go on to win by that score. Arizona wins a home game, so uh, they certainly can treat their home crowd to a nice win here. Merrill Kelly. With the win, seven innings, three earned, and seven Ks. Johnny Cueto takes the loss, five innings, five earned, five Ks. Joaquin Soria gets his first save on the year. Uh, this game was on ESPN. I was able to watch quite a bit of it. Yeah, love the Diamondbacks. I mean, hey, you know, certainly the worst team in the league this year, but they snag a win against the best team in the league this year. And San Francisco has now dropped four in a row. The Dodgers are only a half game back who are on a six game win streak. That is the second longest in the league behind LJ's Boston Red Sox who have won seven in a row at the current moment. Oh, excuse me. No, no Milwaukee. Milwaukee has won nine in a row. Missed that. Yeah. Now, Brandon. Six in a row. Yeah, there's a bunch of streaks going on. I, um, going back to the all-star thing, just kind of popped in my head. Do you think any of that voting switches around if Evan Longoria was healthy? Uh, I don't know, because it was really close for, for the, for the, the, uh, NL third base, really close. If you go back and look at those percentages, Justin Turner just got beat out by by Arenado. So, oh, I know, but that's why that's why it makes it so interesting to me because, I mean, I think there is a very strong sect. I I would like to think that there's a very strong sect out there that looks at. Evan Longoria's track record looks at his current performance as well, sees where it is, and wants him in this game. We're looking at a, th- a 376 on base percentage, 892 OPS, 145 OPS plus. I believe that would have been the best out of that group at third base by a good margin. If he'd been able to keep that up through that extra month or so, and generally been healthy at the end of May as well, then I think that would have made things very, very interesting. At minimum, he would have stolen votes somewhere. Yeah, uh, but also at the same time, it's like, who do you leave out at that point of that conversation? Because there's only three finalists. It's like, do at, at that point, I think they actually dropped Chris Bryant because of the last month he had. I mean, when you're considering like these well, all-stars, you need to hold them to a pretty high standard. And the other three yeah, have but- certainly been much more consistent this year than Chris Bryan has. I would drop him out of there. I'm, I'm keeping Justin Turner, Arenado, and Mongoria. 
I mean, I think from a, yeah, from a talent standpoint, like if we had full control over it, yes. However, keep in mind going into this last week or so, it was Chris Bryant's to lose. Going into this last month, it was Chris Bryant's third base to lose. And all and the early he voting. Exactly that. He did exactly that. However, you can't kick him out off if he's the lead. You can't kick the front runner out of the race. No, well, no. The, I think it would have ended up being Justin Turner. Like if 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 voting went like it, if you literally just plug Evan Longoria in there and make him and have him be healthy, I think coming into two weeks ago or whenever the single All Star went out, week and a half, whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. Um, whenever it got down to the last three, I think it probably ends up Bryant, Arenado, Longoria. Just because that West Coast group is the most likely area for him to get him to steal votes, you know. I mean, I know Dodgers fans aren't necessarily going to vote for a giant, are going to be a little more apprehensive at least about voting for a giant. But if you're like an A's fan or if you're a Diamondbacks fan who's in that West time zone, you're probably going to choose him with the production he's been putting up, the sto- him being one of the main stories, him and Posey of the best team in the national league. I think that draws enough weight to pull uh, him out of the the conversation. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's certainly an interesting, it's certainly an interesting hypothetical. Uh, You know, I'd be interested to see what it would be like in the American league you know, had some some other guys not gotten hurt. You know, had Mike Trout and and uh, and a uh, Byron Buxton actually stayed healthy. You know, what are we talking about for that outfield? Because is it still Aaron Judge in there? Is it is it is it is it, is it Byron Buxton? Because it was still it was still almost Trout, uh, Judge, and and Byron Buxton. I, I think if you're looking at if you're looking at prime this season, like if you had to look at, if I was to say like, I'm just going to throw in a random time span out there, three weeks. If you look at a three-week prime of any player and you tried to pick the all-star team out of that this year, then I think it would have been Trout, Buxton, Judge. It still almost was Trout, Buxton, it's the, Judge. It's the, it, it is the most talented group. And the fact that it was only like five thousand votes that separated us from from having that, uh, just shows. I mean, once again, I'm gonna say it as 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 we we cap off the show here. Fan voting is good for the game because you get interesting stuff like that. Like, yeah, certainly it sucks because some guys who we think statistically should get in aren't, but. That's what we love about uh, about the MLB is that their all-star game doesn't conform like the other leagues where the NBA, the fan vote does not matter because a couple of years ago, the guy who had the most votes out of anyone didn't even make the all-star game in, in a Derrick Rose where the MLB, the, the fact that they're letting the fans pick the, the starters, like of course not the starting pitcher, but, you know, every single hitter, I mean, I think that that's really cool. And 
no other sport can really say it. I mean, I'm not sure how they do it in the NHL, but I know that the NFL, the Pro Bowl is just an absolute joke. The MLB All-Star Game, while it's not taken as serious anymore, is still the most serious taken All-Star Game out of any sport. And I think that it should be protected like that. I mean, it's awesome to actually see these guys uh, going out there and playing. And, you know, I, I think that, that, uh, that uh, the MLB is the one sport where it's kind of hard to half-ass it because, you know, it's not like these, these hitters and pitchers are going to go out there and throw 70 miles an hour. These guys are still incredibly competitive with each other. And who doesn't want to see, you know, potentially – whether it's Matt Barnes versus Juan Soto or uh, Corbin Burns versus uh, Cedric Mullins or one of these guys. I mean, that's that's what we live to see the All-Star game for. That's why we watch the MLB, and the fan vote just makes it all, all better. I would find it interesting to see us vote starting pitcher. And yeah. part, of me would, part of me would want to see it because, like, the fans would be like trying to Basically, vote for guys though who are already like, oh, he already pitched yesterday or he pitched two days prior to the all-star game. And I cause because then you have to run into rest problems and suck. Well, they would they already do they already run into that issue having coaches, coaches and executives vote. So yeah. I mean that that already is something. I, I would more worry about baseball Reddit deciding, okay. We want to see the lineup that we voted in hit as many bombs as possible and all agree very similar to the GameStop incident to uh, bring get Matt Harvey into the All-Star game as the starter and just get him lit up, lit up in the first two innings. I mean, that would be – that would be – That would be fun. That would be fun. BP. Well – I think we can wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. Check us out on TikTok and Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Play our trivia game on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. It will just be me on the show tomorrow. It will just be LJ on the show the day after. But we will both reconvene here Sunday night to talk about the full all-star game rosters uh, will certainly be a fun episode. Sure. A lot of hot takes will be made there. A lot of not us agreeing with each other as that's where we get to see the fun stuff come out. I believe it's 33 players per team. So we have about, about 40 more players to get revealed. So should be a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. See you Sabado. That is Saturday, right? Sunday. Yeah, you got it. Sabado. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, there we go. Good. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.